0: As-salamu alaykum everybody, I pray that you guys are really well and in the best of health. I hope you having an absolutely amazing start to your week. So a very warm welcome back to the Arabic in 60 Steps YouTube channel or the podcast wherever you guys are listening to or watching this. So um, in today's um, video slash podcast episode we have a guest. Uh, we have our guest, uh, Rehan Abbersi, who's been a student of mine for a couple of years now um, and in my Arabic world and in the Arabic in 60 Steps program. And his mum's even one of my students as well and she's doing really well too. So um... I've got a couple of announcements um, for you guys, um, and then I'll kind of give you a brief um, intro just into kind of some of the topics that we go into um, in our conversation. We talk for about an hour. Um, yeah, we, we cover loads of really cool stuff about learning Arabic, about him as an English language teacher, about kind of the, the difference in experience between teaching Arabic and teaching English, as well as his journey learning the Arabic language too. But so just before we get into that, I've got a few little announcements. So number one is that... Um, We only have three spaces left, the Arabic in 60 Steps program for December. We've been really busy this this month. So we've only got three spaces left. That's one thing. But something that makes it a little bit more urgent is the fact that we're only going to have those spaces for the next three days. Because the company that print and ship the workbooks, um, these, if you're watching the video, I'll show you these ones. um, The company that print and ship them for me, they've emailed me and said, look, we're having a break over the Christmas holiday and we're closing on the 18th. So they're not going to fulfill any orders after that. So it needs to be within the next three days, inshallah. So we have three spaces left, three days. So please don't procrastinate. Next thing is our walkthroughs as well. So obviously we did 12 weeks of of the alauddin series, um, which was really popular. Um, we had a big giveaway at the end to Sister Umm Salahuddin, who won some of the prizes. So we have some more prizes lined up. We're going to give away some calligraphy art, some Arabic and 60 steps calligraphy art, which has been done by a really, really talented calligraphy artist called Amina Amina. Sabir um yeah may Allah bless her for that so she's doing that for us she's creating some prizes for us um for the next series that we're going to be doing in January we're actually going to be doing two we're actually going to continue with the Alauddin series um, because we only really just got started in the story so I think it'll be really good for us to continue it and I'm also going to add another fun little story as well we're actually going to do some of the wind, wind in the willows as well like that's a traditional kind of English um English story but um the Arabic's quite accessible and um yeah, just as I was reading it, I thought it would be a nice um, compliment as well. It's that The register is a little bit higher to what we learn in, in, in the Ya'la'ud-Din book. But um, that would be nicer to kind of have two different levels. Like if you're finding the yalaud stuff a little bit too um, basic, then you know, you'll know have the opportunity to do to do Wind in the Willows or do both, inshallah. But there'll be prizes for really active students for both of them. We're going to be really, really active throughout January. Um, so we're at least going to have two videos and two podcasts a week. But we may do more. Um, Yes. So um, so those are some of the prizes, right? We've got some really beautiful Arabic calligraphy art that we'll be shipping out to, to those of you guys who win those prizes for being engaged into the Wind in the Willow series and the continuing of the A'lauddin series. The next thing is Amin al has also agreed to create an Arabic calligraphy course exclusively available for Arabic and 60 step students and my Arabic world students. Um, yeah I asked her to do this because I thought it would be a really nice complement to our Arabic script bundle, which we you know, which we're nearly finished, we're going to be finishing by the end of this year. So there'll be the Arabic script bundle for actually reading and using the Arabic script. But if you're someone who's more artistic, you want to learn how to create beautiful Arabic calligraphy art, then her course will be really valuable for you as well. And we're making it available exclusively, as I say, to students in the Arabic in 60 Steps program and students inside of my Arabic world too. So um, so those are kind of the announcements I wanted to mention. As for this episode with our brother, Raihan, so Raihan is um, a brother from Scotland. Um, he... Is an English language teacher has over a thousand hours of experience teaching English online now to people from all over the world, and it was just really nice to have the opportunity to talk to him. And him and I have him and I have kind of become good friends recently. Really, like he's really kind of taken opportunities to talk to me and. Um, You know, so we've kind of become friends, really, and it was really nice just to get to talk to him for an hour about his own Arabic language learning journey and how it kind of compares to um, his students learning English. And we get into kind of a lot of personal development type stuff as well, really, like, um, yeah, you know, the different things about self-growth and stuff like that that we kind of get into. So so that's it, I think. I think we should jump in. I don't want this introduction to go on for too long, just four and a bit minutes. So um, let's jump in. Enjoy. So how are you today, my brother?
1: Alhamdulillah, brother. How's it going?
0: Alhamdulillah, very, very well. Alhamdulillah, very well. Please excuse me, by the way. I've got some dribble on my shoulder because I've Is that just from put, your son yeah. I've just I've just put <laughs> my youngest, Eunice to bed, and uh, also we live next to the school, and all of a sudden they've just started to have a rave. So if we hear anything, so please excuse. Okay, me.
1: okay, yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah, cool, it's
0: cool. Uh, it's pretty ghetto on my end. We've not got a fancy, <laughs> studio, not got a fancy studio or anything like that.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> cool. How, how was your morning?
0: good um we have my mother-in-law staying with us for a couple of days at the moment it's nice for her to come and kind of see the kids and stuff like that and um yeah just help out with stuff like that it's nice that the 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 kids can see a lot of their extended family and stuff they all live in london pretty much like most of the family live in london my family live in cornwall um and then some of them live in somalia but but most of them live in london so it's it's nice for everyone to sort of be able to see each other and stuff that's amazing yeah how about yourself what have you been up to this morning
1: just woke up, had my coffee, bit of exercise, and now I'm here.
0: Nice, man. Cool. So um, yeah. So what I thought would be best p- probably for my audience would be if we jump straight into sort of um, Arabic language stuff um, sure. a- a- about learning Arabic, what the journey's been like for you, sort of okay. where you're at at the moment and things like that. And then kind of, the- there's some other things that I'd just really like to um, chat to you about a little bit, really, about that there's a few things English language-wise I'd like to talk to you about, kind of comparing yourself as an English teacher and um, myself as someone who teaches Arabic, because there's... There's some times where I find it helpful to appeal to my students' knowledge of English to teach certain things in Arabic. And it'd be quite mm-hmm. nice to run those things by you and see if you can help me out. Yeah. yeah,
1: cool. Them. I think that'll be a really interesting conversation.
0: Cool. So just to kind of introduce yourself to my audience, do you mind just giving your, giving them a really kind of brief introduction to who on earth you are? Yeah,
1: of course. Well, my name is Rehan, and I've been an English teacher for the last six months. I post videos on Instagram every single day, on YouTube twice a week. and It was really with the coming of the coronavirus. I I lost a job, a secure job that I was working in. And I kind of had this period of what am I going to do with myself? And my original plan, as a matter of fact, was to go into teaching. And that's what I'd been preparing to do for the last few years. Uh, Primary teaching, like yourself. Mm -hmm. But I've realized this was a blessing in disguise. It really wasn't the path I was supposed to be taking. And I think I've really found myself in this journey of language teaching and coaching and yeah for the most part that, that's where I am right now
0: that's perfect I've got um I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Scottish accent by the way and for the Scottish people oh, yeah. in general <laughs> you know my there's a bit of history in my family really my 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 great granddad served in the Royal Scots Fusiliers. um amazing he, 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 he served with them and um there's some really interesting stuff there like he 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 had to like in like the 30s and the 40s he traveled to like he traveled to like what is now Pakistan he'd served in Lahore um, he served in Amritsar. Oh, I know, oh, amazing. He's got in in our family. One of like the distant cousins has got this um, a, like a one of these metal cigarette um, packs, and inside it's got an inscription in Urdu, in it that was okay. like made out to him by one of his friends that he made in Pakistan. Wow. It's fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating.
1: Do, do you know any Urdu?
0: No, I don't. Well, no, I don't. One my my, my best friends are Pakistani, and like I've been okay. going to his house loads, and um so and I I, 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 like i know a little bit like I, to, to be honest a lot of the stuff there's a lot of stuff that when you just understand a little bit about the urdu accent you can place a lot of the words in arabic
1: oh yeah of course you know course.
0: like so sometimes you don't recognize them straight away but when you when you when you hear urdu enough you you start to see where it kind of pieces together like i i heard the word intizar the other day mm-hmm. meaning like like waiting for something right and obviously mm-hmm. that's, that, that's that's from arabic too you you are pakistani
1: yeah, yeah, that's my background. Well, I'm mixed race. My mother's side is all Scottish heritage and okay. my dad's family is from Pakistan. Cool. And it's, it's funny because I actually know more Arabic now than I do Urdu. I okay. never actually took the time to learn Urdu. Okay. But it's funny because when I'm speaking Arabic, my, fam- my Pakistani family can understand it. Mm-hmm. And one of my uncles actually married an Arab and he speaks to his in-laws in Urdu and they speak in Arabic. And they can actually still have a dialogue with each other, which is wow. quite interesting.
0: Cool. Well, there's there's a really cool podcast. Um, there's a sister who runs it called um, called um Shirin. I think her name is um mm-hmm. called Urdu Sikhiye, Just just learn Urdu. It's a really really cool podcast. Like I, I wish someone would do something like that for Somali. Um, but yeah, she's because she she's she's based in America, but her background is her background's Pakistani. But she so her Urdu is typical of a lot of children of immigrants right like it's kind of it's, it's a bit it's a bit here and there and um, it's a really cool podcast you know she she kind of shares her journey of learning it and it's that's really nice
1: that's amazing so, so how bit, long have you been sorry go ahead
0: no go ahead. I was going to ask you quickly if, if that j- just before we get into the stuff I've promised my audience I wanted to ask you quickly if if being in Scotland affects your English teaching yeah. at all
1: Well, it's all I do is online, and it's funny because most of my students are actually from the UK.
0: Yeah,
1: a lot of them, like a lot of my students are Chinese, Russian, Ukrainian. I'd say that I have some Arab students, but I'd say that's the majority of my sort of client base. And the I'd say 90% of people I'm dealing with are actually in in the UK, some of them are in my city, which is quite crazy.
0: But I mean, specifically, any issues with like Scottish accent?
1: Oh, that, yeah. It's funny because Scotland being a part of the UK, I always make a joke about this with my students. So on the host website where I do my teaching, it just shows the Union Jack and people see the Union Jack and they think, oh, that means London. Yep. <laughs> and they book a lesson with me and then I get talking and they say, they realize, oh, wait, you're not from London. And I'm saying, no, I'm from Scotland. <laughs> and then I yeah. feel like I do. there's a sort of bias against me from that point. And when I try to correct their pronunciation or their accent, they say to me, are you sure that's not just Scottish?
0: That's kind of are a you shame. sure? <laughs> that's kind of a shame.
1: It's, it's funny. I, I laugh about it. But yeah, cool.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, a lot of people like the Scottish accent, which is good. I mean, I think some people have this idea that the Scottish accent is really thick and hard and strong, which it is. It is a strong accent. But I think more so when you go more north, but in, here in Glasgow it's a lot more cosmopolitan so I'd yeah. say our accents are somewhat more neutral mm. as opposed to if you're really to go north and you hear a thick strong Scottish accent.
0: Cool so if we can um so we'll shoot into like the, the Arabic stuff then we'll probably circle around yeah, cool. to all kinds of other stuff we might want to talk about but yeah, to cool. me a little bit about kind of what stage in your life you were at when you thought it would be important to sort of start, start taking learning Arabic seriously.
1: It's a good question it came to me so impulsively it just it was so sudden it was bizarre because at that point i was training to be a primary school teacher and i was in the school and i think in that point in my life i had some changes going on and i was really thinking this was before we even knew about the pandemic and um, it was just an area of change and I, i remember exactly where i was standing i was standing in a corridor outside of one of the classes where i was volunteering and i was about to go get my lunch and then it just hit me like a brick i was like why don't i learn arabic And I went onto YouTube and I looked up beginner Arabic lesson, and there's all these videos of learn Arabic while you sleep. And it was like, Hello, Marhaban. How are you? Kefahalik. I am well. Thank you. And I just sat there in the classroom and I think I picked up those three phrases instantly. And there were Arab kids in the class. So when the, the class returned, I was trying to go up to the Arab kid and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and
2: he's looking at me
1: like what's just happened to this guy and um, for one year in fact just over a year every single night when I went to bed I listened to Arabic as I slept I had I made close friends with Arabs and every time I wanted to know a sentence I would send the sentence to them they would translate it to Arabic they would record their voice saying it I would edit it on Adobe Premiere and make a raw audio file of just the phrases so um just the most bizarre phrases like just like things like as far as i'm aware he's unemployed that was one of my sentences just really bizarre sentences and they played to me all night and for one year i I did that every single night i listened to arabic while i slept
0: so how so how long ago was it when you decided to, to start learning arabic while you sleep
1: it was immediately i did it right from the beginning
0: i mean like how how long ago though
1: Oh, eventually, like when did I start learning Arabic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was. I want to say. May two thousand and nineteen. Okay. Cool. No, no, no. That's a lie. That's a lie. It was because I'm thinking of the school term. It was actually after the summer holidays. It was September, September two
0: thousand nineteen. That's really recent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really recent. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so at what point do you do you find out about? Um, about this guy, about yours truly?
1: You know what videos of yours I really liked? I liked the ones where you gave an Arabic phrase and the whole video was just you going through word by word and explaining it. Okay. And um, I had, I have an aunt who's a Yemeni Arab and she didn't know I was learning and I spoke to her and I said, I, I'm going to butcher this phrase. I'm going to absolutely butcher it but, so forgive for me it. in advance. Let's it was have like that. Uh, oh man, what was it? muhaddud oh, arabi Hayonat, or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> you know the one, right? Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember. Threat,
0: threat, threatened with extinction, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With extinction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I've not practiced that enough, but that was that was one of the first yeah. ones I learned. I, there's another one, uh, we will protect the alaksa, okay. with blood and soul, so yeah, I was yeah. learning all these bizarre phrases, and people would be saying kefir haluk to me and i'd be saying i'm going to protect the aluxa <laughs> <Nice. laughs> <They're like>, oh. <laughs> cool.
0: that's good that's good for the listeners actually to be aware of that on, on youtube i have a little series where we just have like um i can't even remember what i call the series but they've got these cool colorful backgrounds um on them you'll see you see the playlist some of the black backgrounds like i've always got this phrase up on there it's, it's usually like one sentence and um it was always um sentences that i took from the lessons inside of a product that i built called um, my Arabic World, and um, yeah, like sometimes i will just be going through one of the one of those lessons, one of the videos, and uh, I'd, I'd just pick out something. i think, yeah, that's that's cool. But there's quite a specific vocabulary, like animals being in de- yeah in, in danger of extinction and stuff like that. Like I'd, You know, just, just phrases, you don't get those everywhere, do you? And, <laughs> yeah,
1: of course. Of yeah, course, you that's, don't get them otherwise.
0: Cool that's a
1: cool yeah, little it, playlist. It, it yeah. kind of like, deceives people to make them think you actually are really advanced in Arabic until mm. they realise you just picked that out of a video. But it was good. <laughs> I liked it. I like that, but that
0: that kind of stuff's important though like you know a lot of students don't appreciate how much how much of your progression in a language is just to do with your confidence like if you, you kind of oh, trick your, you, you kind of trick yourself into believing you're more fluent than what you are and and that kind of forces you into into putting yourself out there a bit more you know it, it gives you of kind course. of the stabilizers to do that and you know there's a lot to be said for that you know like i i'm a big fan of these kind of little little knowledge bites these little um stuff that just make you feel like you're um, a bit more knowledgeable than what you p- perhaps of are. Course. Like a, a, I, I like that kind of stuff. That's why I like um, uh, the, the etymology. That's it. Like just knowing where words come from and stuff. Like that's, yeah, like, I find of
1: that course. Really it's cool. particularly interesting what you mentioned about confidence. And it's funny because students book with me and on that first meeting it's always okay how long have you been learning English for Mm -hmm. Uh, what are your goals what have you tried so far what what are you struggling with and it's a lot of asking questions and finding out and one thing that always comes up is when I ask them what the problem is they tell me well I'm just not confident okay and it's really funny because well who told you you're not confident Mm. and I, I say well what do you think you need to become more confident and they think oh I need more vocabulary I need idioms phrasal verbs phrasal verbs will make me more confident." okay and it's funny because these students have been studying for like 10 years and they know grammar you know better than most english natives yeah and they think that they're going to get the answer to confidence through uh, studying grammar more but the the thing is like when i'm speaking to them you can tell they're not confident because as i'm speaking in english you can see them looking at me like this okay (laughs) whereas See if maybe it's the Scottish accent, <laughs> but as opposed to if they're just to keep keep their body relaxed and just nod, it, it, because I have these two Chinese neighbors and they've been in, like, in the UK for a long time and their English is not the best, but they're so confident in English. And it took me years to realize how simple their English actually was because they're just like masters of winging it. Yeah, the way yeah. they come up to me and they smile and they nod and they know the right questions to ask they know what questions and if I give them an answer they don't understand they just say oh great and then they sidestep and they start talking about something else Mm -hmm. and this ability to act and communicate confidently it's actually separate from language and I think it's important to get both of those because when people are going into English conversations and they're thinking about grammar it's actually really removing them from the conversation Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah so that's really interesting that is really interesting uh, i had a good question but uh, i forgot we'll we'll probably circle back around it so so tell me about how um so yeah where are we in the timeline then so so talk to me about how long it took you to because i actually think that you joined my arabic world before you joined the arabic in 60 steps program right right? yeah because like i I remember it was i don't know like last year summertime because i remember it was around a day when i when i launched my arabic world first time uh Mm. we launched i remember you were among those some some of the first people who joined and um yeah, so, so you actually joined that first and then um, I, I kind of did some, some repackaging of that now and now it's live again. But so, so when was it that you joined the Arabic in 60 Steps program?
1: Well, I started in September and I yep. think immediately I went on to Preply and I got myself an Arabic teacher. I reckon I joined before uh, the new year. I okay. think it was this, either the start of the year or at the end of the year. Okay. 2019 going on to 2020
0: okay and it wasn't that long after that your mum joined the program as well was it
1: my mum joined the arabic and sexy steps yeah 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 that's how right. is she
0: getting on with that now i haven't heard from her for a little while she was very very active um not so long ago but it's been a couple of weeks or something since i heard yeah. from her is well, she okay
1: well, in in the last few weeks alhamdulillah yeah she's good thanks well in the last few weeks she's just went into full-time employment
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yes,
1: so that's, she's taken a wee sidestep from our Arabic studies, but yeah. she still takes it really serious. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I can always hear your voice in my house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's, uh, she's on Duolingo, mashallah. She's got, uh, like, maybe in the last week, she had 400 days. Wow. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Oh, she started mashallah. just after me. And, oh, um, you know, she's really doing fantastic. She took the grammar a lot more seriously than what I did okay um yeah, I, I delayed she, learning grammar but she's really delved into
0: that generally with her questions to me they are she she really does seem to want to um you know tighten the nuts and bolts of, of the grammar you know that you you get a lot of students who are a, a little bit gun ho and they just want to move on through all the steps you know but your your mum she seemed to be a little bit more calculated they're not not really wanting to move on quicker than um you know than is entirely necessary the, the, the rule that I give my students generally is like an 80% rule like I say to my students that it gets to a point where like your confidence and your momentum is more important than the last than the last 20% of, of a lesson a lot of the time because sure. sometimes students get stuck at 80-85% however you quantify it on a lesson and and, and they're done like it like it, it takes away all the momentum before that they were keeping up with like a certain number of steps a week or a certain number of steps a month or whatever whatever their timeline's like and, um, you know, so I, I recommend that because languages are as such, aren't they, that mm-hmm. like you're always revising stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like a, sure. a, something that I realized when when I was building my Arabic world where where we take organic videos of spoken Arabic and then we kind of unpack them. That I thought like native speakers of language don't care about what step you're on, unfortunately, of course, like in a, course. like in an organic used you Know conversation, a dialogue, or a monologue of Arabic, like they might be using stuff that you learn in step 42, stuff that you learn in step one, and stuff that you stuff that we don't even have in the program directly. <laughs> Do you know, you know of what I course, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know,
2: yeah.
1: I think with Arabic, there's like a lot of people are probably joining the Arabic in six steps, I'm just guessing because they want to understand the Quran, and yeah. I think and that aspect it's more important to really be familiar with uh, Arabic grammar whereas most people are learning English because they want to get new jobs or relocate or take their business global and for that you it's not like it's not essential that you delve into the grammar side
0: yeah it's been it's been a real kind of learning experience for me to kind of figure out well who who are the people who buy my course like who who are the people who who are attracted to what I do because mm-hmm. sometimes like when you have a number of students like we do on the program, you know, we've got hundreds of students now it's, it's hard to kind of like, not everyone's the same. Like they don't all turn up and it's clear that they're all males between the age of 25 and 35 who live in USA, UK and Canada. Like they don't present mm-hmm. themselves like data like that to you. Like we, we, we have quite a lot of non-Muslims even like, and it's, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a journey. Non-Muslims, kind of, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of non-Muslims join the program. I'd, honestly, like the, the program, like i'm starting to deliberately package it so it's it's it has more of a kind of a spiritual appeal like we are like i deliberately added the tagline arabic
1: Arabic of the soul arabic to enrich enrich the
0: soul yeah like is that because that's what i realized like that's kind of what we offer in the program that we have this build up to all of this kind of really iconic arabic literature that the students start to read Mm -hmm. the end of the program but like i don't know if it's just because I'm a bit of a bubbly, fun white dude on YouTube. <laughs> that like that we get non-Muslims who like who warm to it and, and they just want uh-huh. to be part of the program. And sometimes like it's kind of embarrassing to say in some ways that like some of my most successful students are some of the students who've completed the exam at the end and got like 99, 100 percent are non-Muslims. Whoa. Like it's it, it, honestly like that, that that's a whole other. I could go on a whole rant about just our shortcomings generally as an ummah with, with regards to the Arabic language. But, um, of course, yeah, so that, of like, course. That, that's been a real journey for me to kind of kind of piece together what exactly we offer and what is, how, how I can help the most people. Because with Arabic, you could, you could offer it to so many different kinds of niches. Like, mm-hmm. like there would be, like, honestly, if, if anyone's listening and, want, and is an Arabic language teacher and wants a good business, I'll just give you an idea for free. Like, do GCSE Arabic. Because, honestly, like, the, the exam boards that, teach the, that examine the GCSE Arabic, they're terrible. Their support is awful like in terms of the amount of people who sit the Arabic exam is way less than like Spanish, French, Maths or English, obviously. Right. So like mm-hmm. they just don't put the budget into supporting students every year when it comes to summertime and there are the exams, my inbox is flooded with GCSE Arabic students who are ready to give me money to help them pass that exam. Right. I don't like the GCSE. I've fallen out with them. Right. I used to, <laughs> I used to teach GCSE Arabic. I used to coach students through the exam, even in Cornwall, I carried out the the oral exams for, for the students in Cornwall well. when I was living there. And, um, but that's before they, they kind of brought out this new syllabus and stuff. But so, like, I'm I'm always a little bit, um, I'm a little bit sharp with them. I'm like, why are you bothering with that? <laughs> but, but, but really, like, if, if someone wants to do that, like, there's there's absolutely an opportunity for a, for a teacher to really make a good living for themselves wow. doing that. Or even if they, there's just so many ways you can offer it. And that's such a difficult minefield to navigate. Like, I, I wondered if, like, obviously, I expect it's like that with English. But I suppose, like, most people learn English for, you know, work reasons or, 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 or would that be accurate to say?
1: You know, it's it's funny because a lot of students come to me with that question and they say, I need to learn phrasal verbs, I need to learn idioms, or I need to learn more vocabulary. And when you actually ask the right questions, and because that first lesson, it's really finding out, is what I offer going to help you? Mm-hmm. And if it is, how is it going to help you? How are we going to approach this? And what's going to be your learning plan as you continue to work with me? And you tend to find what they think they need is the antithesis of what they actually need. Okay. What they actually need is someone who can inspire confidence. And like a lot of these people, they sp- learned English in school from a non-native English teacher. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have problems. They understand grammar. They understand the tenses. It's funny. If you, ask, uh, if you ask a native English person who hasn't studied English, you say, how many tenses are there in English? They'll say three. I thought there was three. I yeah. thought like past, present, future. There's a time start, really, aren't they, But Well, yeah. When people yeah. start saying twelve, I was like,
0: "Where else <laughs> yeah. in
1: time can you go other than backwards or forwards? <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. like you can go sideways through time." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What else could there be? Uh, you know, <laughs> where was I going with that?" Um,
0: going with so that? you were talking about in the first lesson, you kind of need to uh, you kind of need to recognize what really a student wants, and it's often yeah, very yeah. different to what they actually need. Yeah.
1: Sure. So. A lot of these people, they've never been in a conversation with someone where they have made them laugh or where they have laughed at something that an English person has said and they feel like they have an English friend who is like actually being a friend with them and sort of making them laugh and encouraging them and building their confidence. And when they get a taste of that and they realize there's things you can do instantly, such as people they'll start speaking english and you know their body language changes all of a sudden the shoulders shrink and these like negative thoughts of self-doubt start circling in their mind and they don't realize it like they're quite extroverted and confident in let's say polish but the second it's in english the whole body changes Mm. and you know i can invite you know open yourself back up you i can tell when you're speaking english your breathing is like shallower like just take a few moments and breathe and relax and i tend to find if i ask the right questions it will they will loosen up and they will feel more relaxed and generally they'll feel more confident after that first session just with a really few simple tips uh, mm. you know for expressing confidence and good communication
0: that's really interesting yeah like i've, I've often found like that the, actually the first language that i learned before i got to learn arabic was spanish and i i realized that i kind of had a different personality in Spanish like it's it's interesting how languages are kind of these channels through which we sort of express ourselves to the world and, of course, la- yeah. la- and, la- and languages they don't all have the same thing do, do, do you know what I mean like there, there isn't even there isn't even the same things accessible in some languages to, to to others let alone the fact that different languages kind of have their own cultures you know which is which is interesting like I, I don't know if I mentioned my, my wife uses sign language She's hard of hearing we use sign language at home it's like probably our, our main language and like there's actually there's actually a deaf culture, like something that I didn't really realize. I just thought, well, they use British sign language. They have like British culture. And it's just what we'd say in spoken English, in signed English. But it's really not. There's like, there's like, there's sign language, like grammar and even accents and stuff. Like, like I can't, I'm not as good at it. But like my wife, she, she knows where someone's from in the country, Like she, she can spot Whoa. the difference between someone who's signing, who's from Australia or whatever. Like it's, 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 fascinating That's how this like how there's like different personalities that manifest in these different languages. Wow. That's, that's really, it's really interesting, isn't it?
1: Communication is such an interesting topic. It's So, so interesting.
0: Mm. That's yeah. It's
1: really magnificent.
0: You know, th- this is kind of a, I don't want us to go down this rabbit hole too much, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a relevant tangent. So I'll bring it in here that like I, I quite often discuss with Christians about what the significance is of the fact that the Bible is available in all languages. Mm. Right. And it's considered like, it's considered the word of God, right. In all languages. Sure right because i i i have a feeling obviously i have a bias because i'm a muslim and stuff but like i have a feeling that well it's not the same like la- languages mm. unfortunately they don't they don't translate accurately you know like the the, the the process of translation is in and of itself a yeah um a, no i don't want to say a corruption necessarily because that kind of ha- that kind of gives the impression that it's deliberate but but it's a distortion to some degree
1: Right. I you know, I was I was talking to my Christian friend about this and his response is that you know in, in Christianity they believe in the, the Trinity. Yeah. And their view is that the, the Holy Ghost has an influence in the languages which yeah. or sorry, in the text which preserves its meaning or its message as being the uh, word of God. Yeah. Whereas I don't are you familiar with Numan Ali Khan? Yes yeah a really big fan of him he has a really great course uh, being a btv okay he has he has a course divine speech beautiful like mm. when you watch this he talks about how the quran only could be from god and his argument for it is so so convincing oh, and one beautiful. of the thing one of the things he says is that the quran is not only divine because of its contents but it's also divine because of its style and okay. the style cannot be translated. You can make an attempt to translate the contents of it, mm. but it's impossible to translate the style of it, yeah, the yeah. choice of the wording. And the combination of the style and the, the content, what's in it, mm-hmm. that's really what makes it so unique.
0: Mm. Yeah. That is fascinating. So um I suppose next I kinda of wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that I I try to well you know a lot of the time when students come to learn Arabic they have in their head they've often been scared off by other Arabic students who've been learning for like a few months or something like something that's really common like I witnessed it when I was at university right like a lot of okay. students in our first year we've been doing Arabic for like three months and like someone will come to us and they'll be like our oh, next year I'm thinking of doing an Arabic module and we'll say to them yeah but duels yeah, but broken plurals. Yeah, mm. but um, cases or something like you, you, mm-hmm. like you, like at that point, a lot of students they know just enough to scare off people who don't know as much as sure. them. A of lot course. of the time. So with yeah. a lot of these things, I, I, I've noticed that that a lot of those things that often scare people off with the Arabic language, we actually have them in English a lot of the time. Not they're not the same, of course, right? But we mm-hmm. you know, there might already be kind of a, a concept that we have in English that you can that you can sort of. Um, if you look through that lens then it makes a lot more sense in arabic so like one example is cases right so like obviously we don't put fat has and numbers on things and we don't we don't have "eno" and owner on the end of words obviously we don't use that in english course, but like yeah. in english is it is it accurate to say that it's it's somewhat an expression of case when we use i and me differently so for example if you're the subject of the sentence you're saying i like I am talking right now, or if mm. the object of the sentence, then it will be me. So someone is talking to me, or someone saw me. Is that like, is is that is it correct in English to say that that is a that is an expression of case to some degree?
1: We call that passover active sentences there's Mm -hmm. terms for this Uh, see me personally I don't focus too much on grammar and it's interesting that you mentioned well my original plan was to focus on grammar but just turned out the students I deal with it's it's not what they needed it's not what they wanted and um, in my experience people studying grammar they give up faster it's funny you gave a business idea for you know Arabic teachers I'm going to give a business idea for people who want to be English teachers if you want to make easy money you spend 10 pounds on an English grammar textbook, a thick one that has lots of pages. You become a teacher and you charge 10, 20, 30 pounds a lesson and you just go through one page after one page <laughs> after one page and you've pretty much got an infinite stream of money and people yeah. will pay it. Yeah. And, but the thing is, it's such a boring way to learn and you're learning things that people don't actually uh, use you know, when they're uh, speaking. God, where I was going with that. What's going on with me? Yeah. What's going on with me?
0: So um <laughs> I i was asking you about um about whether um sort of the the difference between I and me in English. Well it's I like and I and I and me, they they mean the same thing, don't they? Like if you point at yourself you're yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. both refer to I and me, right? But like the way from an Arabic lens that I, I view that is that it's kind of like cases, you know like the, the I is like the subject or we'd call it mod four in Arabic and the, the me is like the object of the sentence and would would the the case wise we'd call it mod four. yeah, yeah. You, you, you mentioned it actually in English it's you, you you're the, the more English terms are passive and active, and you know, mm. you 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 start to explain why um, a, a strictly grammar approach, whilst it might have good business um implications, it may it's not always the most fun and a, and applicable.
1: That's right. That's language, right. right that's learning. right. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, that that, that does ma- that marries quite nicely actually to the terms that we use in Arabic for it, because like in in Arabic, you'll call the subject of the sentence the ill, which really means the active, right? It really mm. means that the, so that that individual's active. And then if something is, you know, like what you'd call the object of the sentence in Arabic is the mefirul on bihi. And the term mefirul, that kind of has the meaning of being passive built into it. So so those terms do translate quite nicely, actually, between between Arabic and English. But carry on with what you're saying about, um, about kind of teaching English in a way that is a lot more applied rather than sort of something that's a bit more abstract.
1: Yeah, I remember where I was going with that now. Cool. So... One thing I think it's important for students, which keeps their motivation high, is they need to see results quickly and see with grammar, you do not quickly see results. If, if you're thinking, of, if I was, in an Eng- say I'm not an, a native English person and I'm thinking about grammar and I'm listening to you and then I'm picking up on, because when natives talk, our grammar is not perfect. And if I'm an ESL person and I'm listening and I'm thinking, why did he say that? Why did he say it like that? That's different from the way that I learned it that textbook it didn't say that so why is he talking like that and it creates this uh confusion and where it just pulls you out of the conversation so i think it's really good if you can actually see results quickly and that was something that inspired me with learning arabic was i found this really good video on youtube where um it was a conversation it was like assalamualaikum Anasmi Rehan, Anasmi Ahmed Tasharafna Al Sharafli, and it took it took you through a whole conversation. And the video, when I found it, it had 20 views. I think the video has went 400 views now. Wow. Like I listened to it again and again and again. And there was an application called Wakey And in Waky, you can just match with random people. And you okay. just speak to them, and you choose the language you know as, as talking to Arabs on it, and see that conversation alaikum, marhaban, ana ismi rehan, uh, aina anta, ana you know wherever. I had that conversation so many times to the point that I would try and say it so confidently, I wanted to deceive people into making them think that I was Arab or I was okay. like fluent in Arabic. And that was sort of my goal was to see how long can I confidently sound like uh, an Arab speaker, cool. an Arabic speaker. And that was rewarding for me because I went from having no Arabic within like a week to trying to deceive people, even if only for 10 seconds or mm-hmm. 15 seconds or cool. one minute, That I can speak Arabic, mm-hmm. and uh, when it would finally get to that crashing point of oh man, I ran out of Arabic. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> the question he asked me.
0: Yeah,
1: it, it, people would say it would start speaking to me in English. Say oh, you you don't speak Arabic. Your Arabic's very good. <laughs> I'm like, I'll only learning for two weeks.
0: Cool. What was the name of that app? Just for the benefit of the listeners.
1: Wiki. Wiki. Okay.
0: How, how's it spelt?
1: I think it's W-A-K-I-E.
0: Oh okay okay. And
1: cool. you 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 put in where you're from, and you mm-hmm. put in you can decide where you want to meet people from.
0: Yeah, cool. You know, so yeah. something that I something that I noticed when I when I studied in Palestine is that there's kind of it's kind of a um, there's two sides to that that process, right? There's there's a lot of good in in developing the same conversation lots of times because as we we're saying earlier, it kind of kind of convinces you you're more you're you're more confident than you perhaps are, which is really good mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, right? Like I, I found when I was in Palestine, I had the same conversation about I don't know a thousand times where I just tell people how I became a Muslim like that's what they always want to know like like so i probably had that conversation that was the main conversation i probably had for the first like 3 months of well, the year that i was there well. right because it's what everyone wants to know so like but but in in building my arabic world something that i thought was really cool about my arabic world is that rather than you having to go to an arab country and manufacture these conversations about other topics like we deliberately build build lessons from moments that are from animals going extinct as you mentioned and kids playing in the playground and things to do with medicine like some of some of the lessons that we have got on there are like talking about um keeping your kidneys healthy like all kinds of all kinds of different subjects like that whereas normally in like a human experience you often it's often quite difficult to manufacture that like it's it's quite difficult to manufacture you having conversations about a lot of different topics and
1: as i said that there's
0: kind of there's kind of pros and cons to that that in the beginning of your speaking experience you're You're likely to have the same conversation lots of times.
1: Well, it's that repetition which makes you good at it. Mm. Uh, Repetition is the most important thing, I think, with learning. Even when like if you're training, you're you're lifting weights or you're it's you don't just squat once, you don't just bench press once for those muscles to grow strong. It it takes repetition. Mm. And it's the exact same with the mind. If you, you like even like your tongue is a muscle. So if you want to be able to pronounce something right, there's no other way than repetition yeah, you have to repeat it. Well, if a letter is difficult or words difficult, there's you're going to learn it by repetition. and either it can take five years of you only saying it when it comes up and people correcting you, or you can sit there and count with your fingers until you've said that word one hundred times or yeah. say two hundred times three hundred times. Yeah. and it's actually muscular training. It's physical. Uh, it's like doing setups, you do it again again again, it's repetitions, it sets and reps the same way as with physical training in order to correct your pronunciation.
0: I found it interesting what you said about how native speakers we make mistakes in our grammar. You know, yeah, i, I found that interesting. I was, I was actually looking at the books behind you. For those who are listening on the podcast, um, uh, our brother raihan has got a beautiful bookshelf behind him. But your bright orange books—firstly, how are so many books published in that same color? Because it looks like <laughs> it looks like loads of different independent authors. Because that's quite a specific yeah, color. Yeah, yeah. But is one of those books *Tools of Titans* by Tim Ferriss?
1: no but I do have the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss okay cool
0: cool I've got that actually I think um yeah I've, I've actually got it right here for hour work week
1: oh oh yeah it. yeah there yeah. we go but there I've
0: go. recently that the, the audio book I've been listening to recently is Tours of Titans and it looks like yeah. it's the same sort of color doesn't it of the books that you've got over there
1: M- maybe but, I could get it it will match, match my yeah library. exactly it'll
0: match, it'll match your set <laughs> yeah but anyway in that Tim Ferriss was talk is talking about um How he'd have like transcripts written for some of the podcasts that he had with some of his guests and put them in the Mm. book, and like he just noticed that how horrible even his English is when it's spoken, like mixed jumbling up of tenses and using wrong person, use wrong pronouns for people, or kinds of stuff like that. And that's you know, like I, I I very very rarely like, I even don't enjoy editing my own content because I listen to Mm. listen. I've got better at it. Like in the beginning, I remember when I first created my first videos, I thought like. This is just awful. Like I remember the first time I tried to make videos was was at my dad's house in Cornwall. There's one mm-hmm. particular room he has upstairs that's got really good lighting, and um, I just had like my laptop propped up on some books like this, mm-hmm. and um, like I, I was set ready to make a video. And I looked at the camera and I just thought, no, I'm just not a video person. You know, I've got yeah. like a thousand videos out now. Like but I remember Mashallah. back then thinking to myself. Oh, wow. I'm just not a video person <laughs> back then. Like, sometimes, subhanAllah, we, we write ourselves off, don't we, <laughs> for such little, yeah, yeah. little reason, you
1: know. It's It just takes practice. It really just, it's repetition. It's repetition. Mm. It's training against that resistance of self-doubt and difficulties, which is what makes us skilled at something. And obviously, you're a testament to that because look how, mashallah, natural you are in front of the camera now. And what you've achieved and how many people you've helped learn arabic so that's if you real... listen to that first piece of self-doubt you know how many people i would have never learned that's um that is
0: really humbling you know subhanallah that's really humbling Like, I, uh, although it's not a um it's not a strictly arabic lesson something that i think the audience can take away from that it's um you know is not 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 listening to those kind of little bits of self-doubt Like it's. It's honestly, it's so humbling where where we are now. Like, of course. You know, the, the, the podcast's nearly at two, nearly a quarter of a million downloads now. The, the, Arab, the Arabic success podcast, yeah. And then you know, as I said, like but between the Somali and Arabic channels, I think there's about a thousand videos now, and um, you know, that's 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 that so amazing. humbling.
1: That's so humbling. It must
0: be. So I, I actually checked out your um. Like in your Instagram. Like I've got I've got your Instagram. I'll make sure that we have it in the show notes and everything so everybody knows where they can get in touch with you, inshallah. But just so we can spell it out for people who can't be bothered to go and have a look at the show notes. It's at learn English with Ray, isn't it? Ray spoke, yeah, spelled spell yeah. term R A Y. But yeah, what about yeah. what about your YouTube? Uh, English with Ray. Okay, cool. Okay. That's 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 um that's helpful that they're both um almost identical. That's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a website yet?
1: Not yet. um it's in the plans it's in the plans but still to get there
0: cool yeah well i I was just gonna say i had a look on the page where the 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 link in your bio goes to and you you've done like over a thousand lessons right
1: yeah that's right alhamdulillah that's a
0: that's that's a serious body of work actually
1: that's in um six six months and five days six months and five days one thousand lessons
0: that's really cool yeah do you do like how many lessons might you deliver in a day like in a typical kind of work day
1: seven and ten and i work seven Ah, days a week in the last i started on the fourth of june i've not had a day off since then
2: yeah
1: um so i mean i found something that i love and i'm prepared to just keep working at it you know one thing I, i find my work really rewarding and i really love the students that i have i'm really grateful Maybe you'll be able to empathize with this point, but generally the people who are learning a language, they want to have more experiences. They want to have more doors open to them. They want more opportunities to be available. And to go through that you know, journey of learning a language, there's a lot of reading books. There's a lot of learning knowledge and it's a lot of doing things which don't necessarily feel rewarding because you have your eyes on this end goal that you want to get. And people who are willing to go through that pain and that laborious effort in order to get to that end goal there's something within all of those people this um perseverance and this resilience and this hunger for knowledge and i find working around people like that to be really refreshing
0: well yeah like like i've definitely found that to be the case since i've started teaching adults like when 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 i've done kind of live (laughs) in-person lessons on Uh. um like online i was mostly teaching children and, like, seriously, like, I've, like, I, 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 yeah, I have a couple of thousand <laughs> hours of teaching. But that's kind of what I started yeah. out doing. Well, I, I used to go to their houses when I was living in London, but then, mm. like, you know like you know it's not not an unusual story for people who are trying to build something for themselves i I ran out of money it was rough and i had to move back to cornwall basically and um when i moved to cornwall it was a good opportunity for me just to get all these students online like it actually was a real blessing in that way i I thought i'd just lose all these students that i got but but they all they, they pretty much all moved online but since i've started teaching adults like honestly i can't stress enough how much i love helping people who want to learn languages but something I'd really love to do more in the future is is help linguists actually build their the lifestyles that they want for themselves. Cause like now Alhamdulillah, like by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm I'm in a position of um of of real like lifestyle design and, and joy, really. Like I, you know, just 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 to mention a, a couple of things, I guess. Like I I can work anywhere. I can work any, uh, literally anywhere. Like I have no in-person meetings with anybody completely by design. Like I, I don't want to, like I want to have that flexibility there. If I want to spend a month at my dad's place in Cornwall, no problem. You know, like, and, and I could, I'd really love to help linguists a- a achieve things like that because Linguists generally are just to, to be the kind of person, as you say, who is a, prepared to approach a language, prepared to be humble enough to make mistakes all the time and to improve themselves. To be someone who's dedicated and consistent enough to actually keep on showing up and building a skill. To people who actually reach a level of like real confidence in a language, those people are, those people are really legit special people. You know, of course,
1: of course, you know, it's, yeah. It's
0: really nice to kind of meet people who want to be like that and to help people who are like that.
1: Have you ever been really inspired by any of your students?
0: Loads of them so to to be honest like even though I was all, almost bad mouthing them, but actually a lot of the children were really special actually um that's a really good question i mean d- d- definitely like to to be honest quite regulated like there's yeah so, so some of the most inspiring really have been like full time mothers who are studying my program online like mm-hmm. that there's there's one particular who comes to mind i won't mention her name because i don't have her permission but a woman who lives in singapore like she's a she's a she's a stay-at-home mom got five kids and like she completed the arabic in 60 steps program like smashed the exam and like wow. it's, it's it's a format that that just really served her you know like it's online you know she she can she can work any anytime like sometimes she'd message me with Amazing. questions that like are, like for her time like 1 a.m her time right in singapore because wow. she's up doing a feed or something for one of the babies and she's doing some arabic at the arabic. same time well, you know mashallah. like she's, she's just piecing it in like that that's what that's like that's what the arabic and 60 Step pro- steps program is about like if, if if nothing else it being online it being pre-recorded it being available online and flexible and stuff if nothing else people like that is what it's about And you know so, so students like that Amazing. but but like the the kids like yeah. Like e- even though like I've kind of, oh, obviously I've left t- being a primary school teacher and stuff like the, the, the kids, the kids that I taught at that school, like, I, I don't know how to explain it, man. Like I, I, I like at that time in my life, I'd just got married. I had my own class of se- seven, eight year olds. Uh, I taught year four. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So like eight, well, eight, eight and nine year olds, but mostly eight year olds at that time. And, um, you know, like I I'd, I'd just got married. My wife told me we we're, we were going to have a baby. Um, and in the preparation for that, having that class of kids, like, cause, cause in primary school, it's so intense, your relationship with them. Like you see those kids every day. Like you, you know who they're having fights with at playtime. You know what their parents are like, like you've met their parents and stuff. You like, you're aware of all kinds of safeguarding issues that kids have at home and everything sure. like that. And it's so intense. Like when I left that job, it was, it was so sad. Like I think about those kids even now all the time. I, I remember when I left that job, I was still living in the area in East London where the school is. And that was when I was like driving to kids' houses to, te- to teach the kids Arabic mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's a lot of kids who lived around that area. And sometimes I'd park up outside the school and I would be so, I would be so upset that my classroom was on the other side of the school. So I couldn't see the kids work in the window. You know, like at, at primary school, like when, when kids make work, they put it up in the window and stuff, don't they? Yeah, or yeah, or, or yeah. at least at the school that I worked at, we had these big, big windows. And, um, mm. you know, there wasn't enough wall space that often stick their work up on the wall. And I just wanted to see the kid, what the kids were doing at that stage. Like, that, that's kind of deep, isn't it? You know, like the, yeah, the, yeah, the kids, well, the, 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 they, they have a big impact on you. You know?
1: It's it's funny that because, you know, I think us as teachers, you you stay in their life quite intimately with your student mm. for so long yeah and you know you coach them to get where they need to be or where they want and then it's that release it's they go into the world and they continue doing their own mm. thing and it's uh <laughs> that that feeling of you know letting your kid go out and you you feel that that sort mm. of responsibility to them so yeah. it's, it's surreal but sure. uh it, it, it's funny you talking about that i also have some students that have really inspired me Particularly, one big realization I've had is about uh, growing older, because a lot of my students are actually, you know, they're a bit older. And I have this, okay. I have this one student from Italy, okay. and he's seventy years old. Marshal, he's like seventy years old, and see, he's re- he's been retired for two years, but he wakes up early every morning. He has a shower. He shaves his face. He looks in the mirror and he says, "You can do it." And then he goes on a nine-kilometer brisk walk. He says he plays tennis four times a week he eats healthy, uh, he talks about the good relationship he has with his wife, and then he comes to learn English, and he's just kind of refused to, like, grow old, or to become mm. stale, and see when he talks, he's smiling, and he's moving his hands, and he's so expressive, <laughs> like, there's so much energy when he talks, it's like, there's something really, uh, like, like addictive to being in like i feel like i'm energized by being in this older guy's company because he has so much life and energy and uh, you can see that youthfulness which has just stayed inside him and he's exercised that youthfulness by with exercise and healthy lifestyle Uh, another student i had she's a doctor from uh, croatia and she had a comfortable life teaching in universities and being a gp but she's just and she had she was a grandmother But she decided to move to the uk uh, and just completely start again and you know she's now she's learning english and uh, she has to set exams in order for her to you know for her to be able to work in her field you know she had everything she was comfortable but she decided you know to make that restart and i think that's really inspiring to have the courage and the confidence to do something like that and you can see just in her energy and the way she carries herself there's like youthfulness and it's really refreshing to be in her company and it's such a contrast because i see people who are my age who just play you know the last five years of their life have been the same playing video games same habits same friends living in the same street their bedroom looks exact same they wear the same clothes and they live in this bubble but you know you can get you can grow through life and as long as you're adding change and your life is dynamic and you've got healthy habits you know this ability to grow and have energy like i feel energized by being in these students company whereas some people my own age who have just stopped growing you know i feel like really they're the ones who've grown old
0: Subhanallah.
1: Subhanallah. It'll, be,
0: it'll be interesting to um like i i do want to talk to you about kind of what you've got sort of lined up next like where you'd like kind of like to take this next but a nice and like something that would be nice would be something a little bit like um uh, i think i think like there's a photographer from new york who put together a um like a, a book just called humans of new york or something like that and it would be cool to kind of have a be cool for you to put together a book of like 50 stories of, of these students were learning English for something like but specifically as an English teacher like how how English would enhance their life in some way like it like with a with woman from Croatia it would make sense if it opened opportunities for her here but for, for the gentleman in Italy like for him it might not be about the things you assume people want to learn English for like getting a better job or something it's it's just for the mind like for a lot of people it might just be beneficial to sure. someone for, for something like that like because there's really cool stories of people and you know pe- people like reading that kind of stuff
1: yeah i think that's an excellent idea
0: so yeah so that that leads me on to what what is there next cuz to to be honest like i when i started out teaching arabic like i i always kind of had um business in mind like i'm i'm not like a cutthroat entrepreneur like to, to be honest in, in in lots of ways i've left a lot of money on the table for, but to, to do things that i think just help people more like the, 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 like you know like for example just pricing the arabic in 60 steps program as low as it is you know sure. and then like i often do payment plans for people who find that difficult even and like just putting out the amount of content that i do for free and stuff okay it's important not to lose sight of the the, the things that are you know really important and impact people but, of course, but yeah. for, for me it has i have always kind of had um the had it in my mind to 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 really do business like to to build something mm. and uh, i i think that's why I, I didn't stay in um kind of tutoring people for so, so long because I, I i didn't see how it was scalable so i kind of I kind of wanted to ask you about what like did, do you have other 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 things planned like is, is that a priority for you to kind of do something that you can sell without your time be it a book an audiobook a course or whatever
1: yeah of course of course absolutely that's something i'd love to do you know i really enjoy my class time I really do enjoy my class time. I like the one-on-one time with my students, and I think I'm really lucky with the students I've got. But And I'm kind of taking a similar route to you, like I'm giving a lot of free content on Instagram and on YouTube every single day, but eventually I'd like to have something which, like a really cut and clean course, where but it would be focused on something regarding, you know, maybe one or two specific parts of the language. Okay. But uh before I got got there I'd like to just kind of keep developing my online portfolio. Alhamdulillah, it's grown really fast. I think the Instagram's at like 5,000 followers.
2: Yeah. and mashallah. I've been
1: on that, on that for like 3 months or something. Um but yeah, eventually I'd, I'd like to probably sell some kind of course and set up my own website. Um it's it's funny because I've had to realize how much can I actually take on? How much can I actually do just now? Uh, I don't know if you can see behind me there, but like yep. I have my, my daily action plan. Yeah, nice. And um, like every day it's from my classes are from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Wow. So students can book with me anytime between that. And the day before I'll kind of schedule in what I need to do. And I I have another whiteboard where I have future goals and I've written down some of the courses that I want to produce. Cool. But I've just not had the time to produce it. But I feel like I keep getting more knowledge and I keep like it's it's a learning experience for me also so um i suspect probably for the next i've said to myself for one year i don't want to take a day off because i'm really grateful for this opportunity Mm -hmm. so for one year i'm just gonna work the entire year and then i think after that i'll take some time off to produce courses or or really reflect on what's the next
0: move it's cool to at this stage not to rush it too much like i Mm -hmm. i always find like a lot of the time people get advised to monetize in certain ways way too early Mm -hmm. you know like a because you know it's it's all on your own it's all on your own timeline like you know like i i got some advice from people a few years ago to kind of put together like a high end like something that you can charge at like five thousand ten thousand dollars for or something and like while i get the business right like i get the metrics of it i get i get why that makes sense so you can put money into advertising and you can do sales calls to close people on a higher ticket stuff but like i just didn't feel it do you know what i mean like the sure. the, the very first thing that i sold other than my time was a subscription to like a very, very early stage Arabic in 60 steps program. But it wasn't called that then. It was very early stage for like four ninety nine a month, right? Because that's all I was comfortable saying. Like I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. This costs £50 or this costs £100 or this costs £10,000 or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, like if you can't, then just don't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like if, it, if it's not real, if it, if it doesn't come from a place where like you're comfortable saying the numbers, then then don't and like it's yeah. important to build that base like in, in a position like yours where you know you're building like a really decent following on instagram and on youtube and stuff and i'm, I'm also i'm also a big fan of how you're focused on two, as well like i've always spread myself way too thin in, with regards to these platforms right yeah. whereas like in the future if i start something new like i'll almost definitely focus on a couple of a couple of avenues that i know i'm good at like longer form youtube podcasts like that, those, those are the things that I tend to do well mm-hmm. in. Like For some reason, I don't Instagram especially well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, so, some people just warm to different platforms more, more, more so than others, don't they, I guess? And yeah, of course. I'm a terrible writer as well. I've tried to write blogs and stuff. but I,
2: Really?
0: Or, or maybe maybe that's just the same as me looking at the camera and writing myself off five years yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it might just be the same as that, but you know, uh, it's, it's, it's smart not to spread yourself too thin because you, you are only one you do you know what I mean like, like well like, unless you have a team of virtual assistants or something I don't know about or whatever <laughs> but like but like, most people are most people are just one person you know
1: yeah you, th- there's to, only so many hours in the day
0: have you thought about um obviously you need permission from your students and stuff but it might be quite nice to like document the lessons that you're teaching and repurposing them for for, for content do, do, do you know what I mean have, have you thought about that
1: yeah I think that's an excellent idea i i think that's really good plus i'd really like to show my students progress i tend to find Mm. like students see a really big difference not over like 50 lessons or 100 lessons students see a really big difference within like five lessons wow see as soon as they've had someone that they can actually uh like sort of laugh with and feel like is their friend and encouraging them to speak Mm. and it, it's funny. I went into this thinking I would be able to work on my Arabic, but it's actually been the opposite. I, my Arabic's got worse since I started doing this, and I've realised it's unfair of me to speak to my students in Arabic because I cannot give them the the ability to speak in their native language. Because see, when that's there, they become lazy because the mind thinks yeah. I could construct a sentence in English, and it's going to take time and it'll be messy, or I could just say it in Arabic and it'll take one second, and then that's it. Mm. So it's um yeah you, you tend to see people developing really quickly it's it's i think it's a lot of, it's just comes down to
0: confidence that's really interesting you you mentioned that earlier actually i wanted to say something about actually about how you know to, to keep students momentum going like if you for you know it's really important for students to actually see that they are learning they are progressing quickly like if, if they come out of one lesson and they know that they've they've learned something that they can take yeah. away from it and you know that's a real obstacle in arabic because to even construct a simple sentence in Fusha, you need you need a fair bit of grammar. Do, do you know of what course. I mean? And like like yeah. you might have noticed in the Arabic in sixty steps program, that first lesson on phrases is longer than the others because like in that first lesson, firstly uh, firstly we can afford to make it the case because students come into that lesson all enthusiastic because they've just started, they've invested some money in themselves, and mm-hmm. like they're they're willing to to digest it, and like because in that in that first lesson we cover everything that you need to piece together like phrases like you know the big house the small girl the, the whatever else like and those mm-hmm. are like those are some real serious nuts and bolts of the language like students by the end of that one lesson understand things like on some level understand like what number is what case is, what definiteness is what gender is in the language and you know that's that's a real hurdle in arabic because it just it just means that to, to give students after the first lesson something they can really take away then and it needs to be quite a um it's quite a large lesson you know
2: yeah of that, that, is, that
0: is something that i noticed just in writing the program but but as i say like it's we, we could afford it like students could afford the energy for it because it's the first lesson and then you know the stuff that we do after that like we, I, I deliberately wrote the program so it was kind of as accumulative as possible like the second lesson mm-hmm. would quite clearly quite quite clearly build on from the one that came before it
1: so. yeah i think that's great i think you know students also getting out you're doing great well done I can tell that sentence was really difficult for you to build, and you built it excellently. You should be proud of yourself. You see, when they hear that, they think, whoa. And uh, you know, you can actually see that makes a difference in them. So, giving that them that positive feedback on their yeah. hard efforts, it, it's like one thing I found. Like, what one thing I really love is weight training and exercise. And one thing that I tend to find with guys who do that is, it's when they first see result when they first realize I'm a little bit less fat, I'm a little bit more muscular, or I can bench press a little bit more weight, it's that I actually got a piece of result. Mm. And you know, how do you get that in language? It's by someone saying, oh, well, your English is fantastic. That word you use, I know that's a new word that you just learned and you said it excellently, good job. Mm. So someone actually recognizing your efforts and encouraging you, I think uh, letting people Paying a light and an attention to the areas where they're developing and they're becoming better, I think that's really important for people's confidence.
0: That's something I... Re- recently, I finished um, listening to the, an audiobook by... Um, have you heard of David Goggins? Yeah, yeah, I know. So um, his audiobook, um, Can't Hurt Me. Have, have, you, have you read that book or, or, or listened to the audiobook?
1: I, I listened to the audiobook. I, I, didn't, I didn't commit to it. I didn't get through it.
0: Okay, sure. I, I heard
1: it's it's really popular book. It did mm. really well. I think there's well, a lot of...
0: Fun. Yeah, it's well so it's it's yeah, well I you know, if people are prepared to grit their teeth for a bit of cursing and stuff then then go for it. But like in that obviously that that's a man who who has achieved like incredible things. I like, got at one point had the had the world record for pull-ups. Do you know how many it is by the way? The world record for pull-ups?
1: 300 or something.
0: So so it's a world record for pull-ups in 24 hours, right? Have you tried to do a pull-up recently? Yeah. I can do like 3. And I'm I'm okay. relative, I'm relatively strong I think <laughs> I could do like yeah, yeah. pull ups are hard yeah, <laughs> yeah David sure. Joggin's in less than 24 hours did 4,030.
2: <sighs> wow,
0: that's just that's, that's ridiculous isn't it? It's ridiculous. But what when I when I was listening, when I was listening to the audio book like he's been through like. He's one of the only people to complete training for like the the marines like the army and the air force he's mm-hmm. he does like he's like a, an ultra runner does two hundred mile races and stuff like that. it's It's, it's insane wow. some the stuff that he does but I thought like there's no trophies with like for language learners like that do you know what i mean like i like I, I saw myself sometimes like if if I'm trying to achieve a certain thing and learning a certain language or whatever, it's so quiet there like there's no there's no prizes. For becoming fluent in french like there's no prizes when when you learn more languages than someone else but like with with, with other disciplines like sport and the military you get you get the medals you know you 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 get praised as being the person who crossed the finish line first but like in language yeah. learning it makes a big difference for the students for you to offer those little medals you know like when i created the arabic in 60 steps program i had adults write to me and say can we have a certificate when we finish the exam like, i just thought to myself like i just never thought that that would be necessary but it really is man like like adults who complete adults who complete the arabic and 60 steps program i write them a handwritten letter of congratulations and i send them a certificate in the post and like like that stuff that makes a big difference you know like really big difference you know like i i think when i came Mm. out of primary teaching like i just assumed that all like adults don't need stuff like that but like but like you know it's 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 so important because you know you know as i was saying like comparing it to the military or sport or any kind of you know athletics of any kind like there's 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 an amount of praise for it or even people can see it in you physically like if you become physically stronger and bigger people can see it in you and there's amount of praise and and helping for your ego along the way but like with languages it's all just brute brute strength to to get through it that's another reason why why i admire linguists so much like especially linguists who have who have learned another language as opposed to people who are necessarily like raised being bilingual or multilingual or whatever that i respect that as well obviously i'm not saying i don't respect i don't respect that skill but like people who have actually push themselves through that to learn another language i think i think that mind and that heart of a person like that is is pretty legit so um totally is. so i've taken quite a lot of your time my brother so what i want to do there's a few things i want to ask you at the end there's a few questions that i've stolen from um, there's a few questions that i've stolen from tools of titans by team ferris that i just Mm. think are really good questions they're not not related to arabic but i'd just be interested to get your take on them so number one what is your best purchase under 100 pounds? Is there something specific <laughs> that you've purchased for less than hundred pounds? That's that you use all the time, or you just think's really cool. Okay, nice.
1: Yes, I use this maybe five, six. Oh, sorry, that's an exaggeration. Maybe five, six hundred times in a day throughout wow. all my classes. I've got this in my hand. I've actually got a collection of these. Wow, cool.
0: So yeah,
1: um, I, cool. I think it's excellent to have something. Just so you're doing some kind of exercise. Like, see the fidget spinners. I was inclined to those. But the fidget spinner is useless because you're not really developing anything. But, you know, these uh, small hand workouts, I think they're just excellent. Uh, I think it's a great piece of equipment.
0: Cool. How much are they?
1: You can get them cheaper. There's actually a better one. There's... Where is it i have an adjustable one the adjustable one is five pounds and the adjustable one you can change the strength of it <laughs> yeah the adjustable one starts at five kilograms of force and it goes up okay. to 60 kilograms of force okay this one's 80 and i've not closed it yet i'm trying really hard to be able to close it I've, i'm not cool. quite there yet but i'm getting cool. closer to closing it
0: wow cool i've had one, one of mine is um i've got a um like an exercise band i just yeah. found that when i'm training at home it's really hard to get good back exercises at home unless you have a pull-up bar like i I don't i don't have anywhere sure. in my house i can really fix one but like yeah i've got like a it's a it's a pretty thick one and um sometimes i just sit on the floor with my legs stretched out and it helps me stretch it to stretch my legs as well but i just hook it over my feet and do rows with it oh great i, I just great. find it, it really helps my posture and stuff generally oh,
2: as well. Absolutely. like that
0: like i think that's about it's like 1999 that like the, the, there's so many things like that. especially someone like me who sits at a desk so much like it's it's it, it's it really makes sense for me to Invest in something like that to improve my posture for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, cool. That's a good one, actually. I've, I've, I've never heard people, um, ne- i never heard about those. Um, well, I've, I've seen them, but I mean, I've not heard anyone give me that as an answer before. Next one would be if you could be mentored by anyone who's alive. We, it needs to be alive because for us Muslims, like, it's obvious that we'd be mentored Obviously. by the Messenger yeah. of Allah yeah. Sallallahu yeah. Sure. Wa sallam sure. or his companions or whatever.
1: Too easy. Like, it would have been too yeah, easy. Yeah, to yeah, it's that.
0: the same answer for everybody, right? <laughs> but if we if we put the condition on it, it has to be someone who's alive, who would you be mentored by?
1: Uh, it's it's such a good question Let, let's good circle question.
0: back to it then i want to ask you about something actually i saw something on your instagram yeah. story with elliot hulls recently yeah, um yeah. so what 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 is that
1: yeah well uh, that's actually someone i was going to mention uh yeah. he mentors me wow and um yeah I, i've I, i'm really grateful for my relationship with him he, how? he's helped me a lot
0: how do you know him
1: uh, well i've signed up some of his courses kind of the way i know you i signed up to his wow, courses
0: that's amazing yeah. cuz he's like uh, one of the ogs like seriously like but before like there's lo- there's loads of like online um people who help you with building online businesses and on and general like performance and stuff but like sure. like Elliot halls is like he's a- he's an og like i remember his videos getting yeah. out when i was a uni i like, was talking like yeah seven, eight years ago or whatever. Do you know what I mean?
1: Like, yeah, is- he's he's a really good guy. A really good documentary came out in him because there's a lot of controversy that surrounds Elliot Hulls. And one thing I really appreciate for him is he's a just such a fearless expression of uh, what he believes to be true. And mm-hmm. he, his character, if, you, if you've kind of observed him over the years, it's, he's always been this fearless expression of what he sees to be uh, true or to be right and it's it's really inspiring uh, mm-hmm. one thing i got from him is this not to do list i don't know if you see that behind me oh cool to do cool. list cool yeah so cool. i learned a lot of really interesting things from him that's really he's smart. a really cool guy
0: that's really smart i say no to loads of stuff like now like honestly like when, when i when i when i was a teacher or something that mm-hmm. was completely revolutionary to me like the idea that you would say no to tasks like, we're mm-hmm. so often taught that we should be busy, aren't we? Like, we're so often taught that, like, you should be a productive person and get everything done. But, like, mm-hmm. but now, like, I've got a completely different attitude. Like, my default to stuff is, no, my time's not going on that. Unless, like, and it needs, there needs to be a really good reason for something, for me to for me to put my time towards something, you know.
1: Speaking of Tim Ferriss and the four-hour work week, skip to the end. There's a bit where Tim Ferriss has his own not-to-do list. Okay, cool. Uh, for increasing uh, to. Entre- sorry for increasing productivity for entrepreneurs cool. and um i actually made a video on it on my youtube channel and oh, cool. it's a list of nine things but um it's it's good if you hear it from his own words and it's uh, really a fantastic list cool.
0: if it's hard to get it down to one person who would mentor you if you had like a boardroom of like four or five people who you met every month or something no oh, man do you have any names that you put in there?
1: well see the thing is i've really been taking elliot hulls quite seriously as as a mentor yeah and i It's hard to take on too many, and I'd probably not advise to take on too many because you kind of need to, like some of my students will say that they're thinking of getting two teachers or three English teachers, and they'll ask me what my opinion is. And of course, they'll think that I have a bias by saying, no, you shouldn't do that. You should just stick with me because they'll think I just want the money. But as a matter of fact, The three English teachers they could give you all give you a really sound way of learning. They can all have really relevant points which have been helpful to either themselves or their students. But if you're being pulled in three different directions, like what you should focus on, how you should spend your time, like there's two. uh, I was talking to two of my friends who are both entrepreneurs, and we were talking about like priorities, and one of them said. they recommend you know having a relationship and a friends group and you know they put that as a priority as a foundation and that's how they have seen success but then the other entrepreneur was the complete opposite of that and he's also had success he says yeah. you shouldn't give your time to that so I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer in a lot of these cases but you need to commit to something you need to believe in it and I think if you've got too many different mentors it, you know that can actually be problematic that makes I mean, tons of sense it, it's it, it's it's a really answer. like wishy washy uh, i mean i suppose it makes sense but it's a wishy washy answer because i think you were looking for names
0: well no but that <laughs> that that actually answers the question yeah. though okay. like that 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 actually answers the question like but perhaps perhaps um to reword it just people who you admire they don't have to be like you know some some of the ones that i would give would really surprise people like yeah, one, that I would, one that I would give would be Chef Gordon Ramsay.
1: Oh, really? I think yeah, that
0: would surpri- surprise people that I would choose Chef Gordon Ramsay. But let me tell you why, okay? Okay.
1: He's
0: not an individual who I want to be like, right? He's not, an, he's not an, like, yeah, he's not an individual I'd necessarily even like to meet, right? But he's an individual mm-hmm. that I admire for, for, the, for this reason, right? He is a person who is at the top, like in the world of his field, in three different things, right? Like most people, if you're like a top Michelin-starred chef, that's your thing right? Mm-hmm. But he, like, the, the man legit knows like 3,000 recipes. Like, he, he, could, he can go in the line and he can actually cook, right? So he's actually like a world-class chef still. But he, wouldn't, he, he could leave the kitchen if he wanted because he's a restaurateur. Like, his restaurant empire makes like 60 million a year or something. Oh. Like, he's actually like a world-class chef, a world-class restaurateur. And if he wanted to present on any show ever on TV, he could. Like, he's also like a TV personality and a presenter and stuff as well. Like, those three skills that most people only do one of them. Uh, most people in the world who are at his level, they only do one, but he's a person who, who is just a, such an excellent performer in those ways and I, I also appreciate how well he just dismisses hate from people as well because that's always been something that I've struggled with as well and uh, he's sort of um, uh, blunt enough to uh, to dismiss them very quickly and,
1: um, That's, that's really interesting that. that you see him That's really interesting that you see him um, Not I mean, just because never...
0: he's, Scot- no, he's Scottish though. that that wasn't one of them in particular But uh... Gordon Ramsay? Yep
1: Gordon Ramsay Scottish?
0: I actually think he's actually from Glasgow, originally. Lost his accent, really? obviously, completely. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah but, I uh, didn't yeah, realise he was, he was but from he, But he is Scottish, yeah.
1: Okay, I've, you know I've got a name. I'd say Eddie Hall.
0: Okay, wow, cool.
1: Yeah. You, do you follow the World's Strongest Man?
0: Uh, no, but I've seen the Netflix documentary on him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think, like, see any supreme athlete that like see people who are willing to put themselves through laborious like training and hardships for a result i really find that inspiring and Mm -hmm. with him trying to go in the world's strongest man or lift the 500 kilogram deadlift he was doing things that people told him were impossible for his size and his stature but he had this attitude of he just wanted to prove everyone wrong, and just complete belief in himself. He just had this ridiculous belief in himself, and the extent he went to lift the five hundred kilogram deadlift. He's done interviews on it where he talks about it wasn't just training his body. The, before he lifted, his max deadlift was four hundred and sixty.
2: Yeah.
1: And if you know anything about like lifting weights, the the heavier you get, the like even to add another five kilogram plate yeah, on is yeah, yeah. a lot harder. Yeah. But yeah. he was at like his threshold for the max he could lift. Then he slaps a twenty on each side of the bar. He still pulls it. What a freak! And for, for him to be able to do that, he actually had to hypnotize himself, and he did a year of hypnotherapy so uh, to train his mind. And the only time he ever did it was when he was actually on the stage, and I found that just incredible. It's, it was really yeah, an example is. of mind over matter.
0: That is incredible you know like about about his journey like the something that I really admire about it is like and i, I admire this about you know all, all kinds of people not even people who is, as well known as him people who just go through such like hard financial difficulty on their way to the, on the way to what they want like because like i've i've been there man like like when you're when you're trying to build something or trying to get somewhere in life and you have to go home to your wife and say like i've not been here all day and i've got nothing for it <laughs> like like that you've got to really want something for that like that's that's grim (laughs) like you know it's sure it's um i don't know it's really um it's really touching to see the partners who support them through things like that like it's not on netflix anymore and i I don't another one i don't especially like the individual but like like watching conor mcgregor with his girlfriend like how she Mm. supported him when he was like he was saying things like i'm gonna knock out aldo and stuff like you, you, it would be so easy for the people around him to be like, bloody hell, crazy. I know, he like been drinking the whiskey again. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah,
2: yeah.
0: T- Talking about Conor <laughs> McGregor again. You know, bloody LSM again. Talking about knocking out Aldo in 13 seconds or whatever. And the people actually like stand by them in that. It's, it's pretty special.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, another one is, like, Michael Jordan.
0: Um
1: yeah. You know, he, he had that attitude. I think he had some... Uh, i've not heard i've not heard it straight from the source but i think he had problems with his dad and he was like kind of uh put down and told that he he will not be an achiever and then the way he just he used that to fuel his obsession with being the best in his field mm. um and you can see there's a certain psychology within these people who are successful who taught? in fact ryan Holiday talks about it in his book the obstacle is the way turning adversity into advantage, being able to use that source, that uh this like negative emotion or this hardship and use it to like fuel your growth. Again, really inspiring. There's a there's this advert I saw just recently and it was an advert for Jaguar. And it's a I don't follow football, but it was a football manager in the advert. And he's in the advert his script is something like they say I'm fearless, but I'm not you can see fear in a man's face, by a twitched brow, a movement of the lips, but be warned, a man fueled by fear is a man to be feared. Mm. I thought that was a really epic line. Yeah. But this idea that it, what you're afraid of doing, what you feel anxious about doing, or what other people would feel anxious or discouraged by, to have that feeling and say I'm going to do it, I have this, uh, this belief in myself that this is for me and to persist. You know, I think that attitude really inspiring.
0: Have you been following the rugby, by the way? The, uh, They're called no, the alternations now. But are, you, are you into rugby?
1: I don't follow any sport. The only sport I follow is strongman.
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I was just going to, um, I don't know what the term is when you claim to know a famous person. There's a term for that or something, isn't there? For you um, name drop or whatever. But um, there, there, I played rugby for Cornwall. Um, oh, amazing. I, I played rugby for Cornwall under 15s and under 16s. And in the, and in the A team for, for Cornwall that I played for, two players that I played with now play for England. And they were playing for oh, England. Well. And, and, and in that last game against France where they won the cup, a guy who played number eight in my team with Cornwall, he scored like the winning try for that and um, little claim to fame for me. I mean, un- unfortunately, it worked out that the, the other guy, is a guy who plays one of the backs now is a guy called Jack Knoll. Mm-hmm. and um jack noll and i competed for the same positions for cornwall um both at inside center and i got at uh, the a team and he was in the b team
1: mm-hmm.
0: right so like i can make the claim in a way that uh you know 10 years ago i was better than jack Knoll
1: mashallah so, yeah
0: well <laughs> you know so i mean obviously he went on to sort of get massive and play for good, good. And, and i ended up uh, learning somali but, um... that's good, man. <laughs> where, where life takes no. us <laughs> yeah exactly. takes yeah alhamdulillah man. yeah exactly exactly so um uh what we'll do actually just to round off is just remind everybody where people can find you inshallah so what platforms are you on and uh, yeah, sure. if people, if people wish to meet you to improve their english as well inshallah because we have an audience in a lot of other countries um our biggest audience are obviously uk and usa but we also have a yeah. lot of um, a lot of people in saudi arabia the uae um you know, a lot of other places who may be interested in English with you as well. So please just um, drop your handles for us, inshallah.
1: Yeah, sure. YouTube, uh English with Ray, and Instagram, Learn English with Ray.
0: Fantastic. Jazakallah khair for your time.
1: assalamu alaikum brother. Thank Walaykum you Salaamu for having me here. Alaykum Take alaykum. care of yourself, brother. assalamu alaikum.
0: Take care. Wa